Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. With us in the studio today to fellowship about our life study message is Ed Marks. Ed, it's good to have you back. It's good to be back to talk about the revelation of Christ as life in the book of Genesis. Today, Witness Lee is going to develop and expound more on Genesis chapter 3, verses 9 through 15. Before he begins, would you give us a brief summary of these verses? Yes, what these verses talk about is what happened to Adam and Eve after they fell and partook of the wrong tree and the element of Satan, which is sin, entered into their being. And this passage of Scripture starts off by God asking Adam, where are you? Where are you? This is this is uh, quite a question that, that comes up in man's being through God speaking throughout the ages so that man would turn back to God and receive God as life. So these verses all talk about God uh, asking man, where are you? And then man, of course, trying to vindicate himself. Adam vindicates himself and said, it was the woman who caused me to eat of this tree. And then the woman vindicates herself. And she said, it was the serpent who made me do it. And then uh, God comes in to judge the serpent. And he eventually gives a marvelous promise in verse 15 that the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. And we will see uh, what this seed of the woman signifies. Good. Thank you for that introduction. Let's join Witness Lee with today's life study from Genesis chapter 3. We all have seen the cause of that fall and the process and the result. Genesis 3 doesn't only show us the cause, the process, and the result of the first fall of man, but it shows us the way God used to deal with man's fall. This way is just the salvation. And the message Now, the word of this way is just the gospel. Don't consider chapter 3 of Genesis as a negative chapter. No, it is more than positive. The serpent opened the way for the seed of the woman to come in. Isn't this wonderful? Who is the seed of the woman? Jesus. We all have to say Jesus. (laughs) Jesus was born not of a man. Not only Isaiah told us this, Matthew quoted it. Even Paul in Galatians 4.4 tells us that Christ as the Son coming in the flesh was born of woman. Jesus 
was not the seed of any man. He was the seed of a woman to fulfill the promise given by God as a gospel in Genesis 3.15. So we all have to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. The serpent just opened the way for the seed of the woman to come in. Isn't this a gospel? Now, let us get into God dealing with the fallen situation. After the fall, right away, Adam and Eve got to realize they were not so good. Because God did say to them, don't eat the tree of knowledge. If you do, surely you will die. They were waiting for the sentence of death. Then God came not to declare the sentence of death, but to preach the gospel. Not to declare a sentence, but to sound the voice of the gospel. What was the first gospel preaching? Do you know? Adam, where are you? Is this a kind of a sentence? Or this is just the sounding of the glad tidings? Where are you? We all have to realize, right after the fall, man became not so sincere, not so faithful, not so honest. God asked Adam, where art thou? He didn't say yes, I ate. But he said, you know, the woman whom you gave me. (laughs) You created the cause. It's your fault. (laughs) Oh God, you have to bear the responsibility. Even so, God didn't rebuke him. Because God came to him not to judge, but to save. Just like later on, his son Jesus Christ came. Not to judge, but to save. Then God turned to this wonderful woman and asked her, What have you done? (laughs) The same way she didn't confess her fault. She said, The serpent, he beguiled me. Since the first fall, The human beings were just like this. Even today, our little children, whenever they did something wrong, they would never confess. God here is not condemning. God here is proclaiming the gospel. Well, Ed, I don't know about you, but I could see a lot of family resemblance when Witness Lee was describing how Adam and Eve responded when they were confronted by God following their transgression. But what I'd like to ask you about is the very touching way that the Lord dealt with them. What all is conveyed by this very precious question, Adam, where are you? Yes, this question is really marvelous. And uh, this is the question that God puts into fallen man's being 
to cause fallen man to repent and come back to him and receive him as life and everything. In the New Testament, we see that God, as the Spirit, convicts the world concerning sin, concerning righteousness, and concerning judgment. So what the Spirit does is he broods over fallen mankind, and he works in fallen man's environment, and even within fallen man, to convict man concerning the sin that's in Adam. And also to realize that he needs Christ as his righteousness. Otherwise, he will suffer the judgment that is prepared for Satan and those who follow Satan. So the Spirit operates to ask this question, where are you? And apart from God, where is man? Man is lost. Man is lost in sin. Man is under God's condemnation. Man is under God's wrath. Man is in a lost condition. We can also see this in Luke 15 with the prodigal son. When the prodigal son left his father and when he had spent everything, a great famine came in the land. And this prodigal son had to join himself to a person who raised pigs. And he was even eating the food of pigs. And this is what happens to man when he goes away from the presence of God. He gets in a degraded, desperate condition. And if we look at verse 17, it says, The prodigal son came to himself, and he said, Look where I am. I'm in, I'm in this pitiful, evil, fallen condition. I have to return to my father. Well, this is the spirit operating within fallen man, asking this question, Where are you? And we would even ask the listeners, where are you right now? Are you in Christ? Are you enjoying Christ? Do you have Christ as your peace? Or are you lost in sin? And are you in a desperate condition? If you are, we would encourage you to right now say, Lord Jesus, i like to give my life to you and turn my whole being back to you. I return to you with my whole heart. This is the reason why the Lord asked this question, Adam, where are you? So that Adam would realize where he is and return to God. Thank you, Ed. Let's go back to Witness Lee with today's life study from Genesis. God didn't judge men, neither God judged the woman. God just asked something to stir up their repenting heart. But when God turned to the serpent, God didn't ask him anything. God said to the serpent, listen, because you have done this, you are cursed upon your belly, you will creep. This is the judgment. Listen, in this curse, in this judgment, some things are implied here. In God's judgment over Satan, God limited Satan's move, Satan's activity, just on this earth. And another point, God limited the serpent only to eat the dust. Only dust is the food of the serpent. But we all have to know, we were made of dust. We are earthy. If we live in an earthy way, right away we become the serpent's food. 
if you deal with your wife, if you live with your husband in an earthly way, right away you become the food of the devil. You become the food of the serpent. Why so many families have all together swallowed up by the devil? Because all those families are too earthy. In God's condemnation over Satan, to him there is the limitation. He couldn't walk above the earth. And he couldn't eat anything else. God doesn't allow him. You all have to know, among our human beings, we have the body, the soul, and the spirit. If you realize rightly, both the body and the soul are earthy, but not the spirit. Our spirit is not earthy. So our spirit is not the food destined to Satan. So whenever you walk in your body, in your flesh, you are the best food to Satan. Whenever you become so foolish, right away you become Satan's meal. But whenever you turn to the spirit, you forget about the body and the soul, Satan has nothing to eat over you. Because Satan is limited. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for the limitation in God's judgment over the serpent. Isn't this wonderful? Hallelujah. I don't need to be so earthy. Do you know Satan? I am here in the third heaven. You can't touch me and you cannot eat me. Oh, the peace of God will crush Satan under your face. But you must be above him. If you are under him, how could God crush him under your face? Praise God. It's so easy for us to put our faith upon him because he is limited to this earth. Ed, I think we were all encouraged to hear that God has limited the serpent, Satan, to the ground, and therefore it's possible for us to be above him. Could you explain more from your own experience what it means to be above Satan by turning to our spirit? Yes, this is a great revelation here in this passage of Scripture. We see that what God did in cursing the serpent and in judging the serpent is he told him that he would eat dust all the days of his life. And we know from Brother Lee's exposition of this passage, which we just heard, that man, of course, all of us are made from the dust of the ground, the dust of the earth. Whenever we live in our flesh or live in our soul, we are living in the realm of dust, and we can become Satan's food. When we live in our flesh or when we live in our soul, This gives Satan the ground to take us as his food. And we know this from our experience in our marriage life, in our family life, in our career life. If we live in the flesh or in the realm of the soul, we just become food for Satan. This should make us desperate to live in our spirit. And we need to be those who continually turn to our spirit. We'd like to remind one another in this radio broadcast That our spirit, our human spirit, when we receive Christ as our Savior, this is the place where he dwells. This is his home. 
2 Timothy 4.22 tells us that the Lord is with our spirit. And Romans 8.16 says the spirit is with our spirit. So the Lord as the spirit dwells in our spirit. We need to turn to our spirit to be above Satan. When we are in our spirit, we are in Christ as the spirit who is in our spirit, and we are above Satan. There's a marvelous verse in 1 John 5, 4, which says, Everything that has been begotten of God overcomes the world. Well, strictly speaking, that is our spirit. Our spirit overcomes the world, and the world is Satan's kingdom. So our spirit not only overcomes the world, but our spirit overcomes Satan. This is why we need to be people turning to our spirit all the time. Whenever we confront any problem or anything in our marriage life or family life, we need to call on the Lord and turn to our spirit. We need to say, Lord Jesus, I need you right now. We need to turn away from the thoughts and considerations in our mind, from the feelings and our emotion, and call on the Lord and turn to him in our spirit. This is the way that we can be above Satan and be kept from being food for Satan. And it's by turning to our spirit that we overcome Satan. That's really good. We overcome when we turn to our spirit because that's where Christ is. Amen. That's exactly right. Thank you. Let's go back to Witness Lee with today's life study from Genesis. Listen to this. Adam and Eve were waiting for death. Hence, the word seed was a glad tidings to them. They thought they were under the sentence of death. How could they have a seed? It must be something of life. This was why Adam called his wife Eve. The word Eve in Hebrew means what? Living. They were fearful there, trembling under the sentence of death. Out of a sudden, a glad tidings came. Oh, this woman will have a seed. Right away, Adam said, you are not dying. You are living. So your name is Eve. So you see, this was a glad tidings. Have you ever heard this glad tidings? We all have heard this glad tidings. We all have heard. And I tell you the truth, we all should call ourselves Eve. Over today's under the situation of a death sentence. So we have to go to them to proclaim Genesis 3.15. The glad tidings to them. When they will hear and receive and respond, they will shout, My, now we are living. We are living. Then the seed of the woman, he has bruised the head of the serpent. The Lord Jesus, he has destroyed Satan, the one who holds the power of death. And this is fully revealed in Hebrew 2, 14, and 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Well, the Lord Jesus was destroying Satan, the serpent, on the cross. The serpent bruised his heel. You know, he was nailed on the cross. 
by his two feet, bruised by Satan. I hope that you all would realize that in this verse, verse 15 of chapter 3 of Genesis, tell us clearly the seed of the woman, the one born of woman, the Lord Jesus. He destroyed Satan on the cross. Amen. And this was the strongest preaching of the glad tidings. Amen. I say again, Adam and Eve were trembling under the sentence of death. But to their surprise, God praised the gospel. They were fearful before God and they were hating that little serpent. And God proclaimed the great tidings that one by the title, the seed of woman, will come to destroy that Wasn't that the preaching of the gospel? Well, in this last section, Ed, we saw that both Adam and Eve were in the same situation as we all are before hearing the glad tidings of the gospel. They were lost and seemingly under the sentence of death for their offense, but they were spared when God himself proclaimed the good news to them. It seems like the key element of the gospel that they believed was the seed of the woman. Can you briefly tell us what's the significance of this aspect of God's first gospel message? Yes, Genesis 3.15 is a great verse in the Bible. And what this verse says is, it talks about the seed of the woman bruising the serpent's head. It says in this verse, God says, it, referring to the seed of the woman, shall bruise thy head, referring to Satan's head. And thou, Satan, shalt bruise his heel. And we know from prophecy that this is what happened when the Lord Jesus was crucified. He was the seed of the woman. According to Galatians 4.4, Paul tells us this, that he was the reality of this seed of the woman. And uh, through incarnation and human living, eventually he went to the cross. And Hebrews 2.14 tells us that through his death, He destroyed him who had the might of death, that is, the devil. So on the cross, he bruised the head of the serpent, and he destroyed Satan on the cross. This is quite marvelous. And in 1 John 3, verse 8, it tells us that he destroyed the works of the devil. And this, essentially speaking, he did this when he was crucified on the cross. He bruised the serpent's head. On the cross, the serpent bruised his heel through his suffering on the cross. But through his death on the cross, he destroyed Satan. This is a marvelous prophecy, and this is the first gospel that God preaches in the Scripture. He promises that Christ will come as the seed of the woman to destroy Satan. Before God spoke this to this first couple, They were concerned that they would die, even physically, because God said, whoever eats of this tree shall surely die. But after the promise of this gospel, Adam, no doubt, was very encouraged, and he called his wife's name Eve, and Eve means living. So uh, we need to realize that when we receive Christ as our life and Savior, we receive the seed of the woman who destroyed Satan. 
And now we are not under the condemnation of death anymore, but all of us are living. We have Christ as our life. We're members of the church, which is the body of Christ. And 1 Timothy 3.15 tells us the church is the house of the living God. Now, because we've received Christ as the seed of the woman, we are living members of the living body of Christ. Amen. I like Adam's response. Something living. Thank you, Ed. Amen. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge. Yeah.